Inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. How y'all feeling out there today? I'm feeling real good myself. Thank you for asking. I know somebody asked. You got to talk back to the speakers, to the radio, wherever you're listening to this show at. You got to talk back. Sometimes I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I, it's like I know. Like right now, somebody named Gary listening to the show. What up, bro? How you feeling? I went to the U of M game recently um, when they played Penn State at the big house, U of M football. And I was in the audience and I decided I was just going to start rooting for someone named Gary. Because you know what my mindset was? If I just yell out, go Gary, get him, Gary. It's going to be somebody on that team named Gary. And lo and behold, I look up two minutes later and a dude last name Gary made a tackle. Just say Gary. Just go with it. Go with the flow. You know, sometimes you got to just flow with me, people. I tell you guys all the time, just let it flow. Let it flow. I like sports. I thought I was a fan until I started going to these games more often. That's something that I like to do to enjoy myself. I went to the Lions game recently. And as I'm going to these games more and more, I'm noticing things about fans. Things that kind of worry me a little bit about some of y'all. Like, for instance, what is it about going to a game that makes a grown man paint a mascot or a team logo on his face? Like, I'm looking at people and I'm like, this guy would never do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like respectable people. Like, this guy has a 401k. He's a salaried employee at a really good company. But yet there's something about sports that turns people into fans and they do crazy stuff. If you sit in a game long enough and the game is going to have ups and downs, you get what I'm saying? There's going to be moments where your team is winning, they're up, they're doing their thing, and then there's going to be moments where your team is having turnovers and missing shots and they're doing bad, man. And I noticed some stuff when I was at a game. Actually, this was the Cleveland Cavs game in Cleveland versus Toronto regular season last year. Cavs were down by like 15 points. The fans literally started booing their team. Could you imagine this? You're at home and you're getting booed because you're not doing good. Well, guess what? Cleveland ends up coming back and winning that game. And the same people who were 30 minutes ago dogging the team out and booing them are on their feet, painted face and all. Go, LeBron! Yeah! You got it, JR! Listen, fans are important to sports because they bring energy, they buy tickets and all of that stuff. But I think there's something wrong with people who one minute are cheering you on, one minute are loving you, and then the moment you do something 
the moment you fail, really, they turn their back on you. So all I'm saying is, don't be that type of fan. Y'all know I like to apply things to real life, right? I like to see where things correlate. And, and I'm, I'm really thinking that a person in a stadium who will cheer one minute and boo the next, my question is, in my own mind, will that person do the same thing in real life? Or are you telling me that it's something about sports that turns you into something that you're not? See, I'm of the belief, and this is just me, I'm sorry if you're that person, but I'm of the belief that we are who we are. And that, yeah, there may be opportunities for you to act a fool, but if you act a fool in that opportunity, that really mean that it was some fool in you anyway. Don't be that type of person. Because guess what? We all fail in this life. In this life, there will be times where you will fail. There will be times where I will fail, times I have failed. What I would like to try to talk about today is how to deal with that failure, how to process failure when it's happening. And failure, first and foremost, in my opinion, it's a lot like success, meaning it's important for you to define what failure is. Same exact way we define what success is. And I know it, it sounds kind of crazy when you first hear it. I feel that. Like, why would I define failure, Jermaine? That don't make sense to me, Jermaine. I thought you were as inspiring God's people on this show. Sounds like you trying to deflate God's people. We need to change the name of the show. No, that's not it. Follow me. I'll ask it in the form of a question. What would it feel like to be in failure and not know it was failure? So what would it feel like to be living what is a failed life, but because you haven't defined it as failure, you can't even recognize that you're not where you're supposed to be. It's kind of like when you grow up in the hood, like you know it's the hood. You know certain streets like, oh no, don't go down that street because this where that gang is at and that's where this gang is at and you got on the wrong colors and you don't need to walk down that street. When you define failure, it kind of keeps you away from failure. It's kind of like, oh yeah, don't go past that line right there because that line is failure. And if you're in that line, you're drowning. We need a lifeguard. We need help. Don't be in failure and just chilling and acting like everything is okay and you're dying, you're drowning. You know what I'm saying? Things are going bad. Mayday, mayday, it's going down. You get what I'm saying? It's all type of examples that pop in my head, but you know how I get. I got to stop myself before I end up somewhere over the deep end with my next example. You get the point. Define failure. Speaking about failure, man, basketball for me was one of my greatest failures in life for real. Like almost to the point where I don't even know how much I want to talk about it in this show. You get what I'm saying? So if you start hearing some, some sniffling and some, <laughs> then you know your boy is in the studio crying and going through. But basketball was rough. So I'm not going to get into all the details because I don't want to bore you with all that. But the point is like this. I grew up most of my life viewing basketball as like my only talent. 
in middle school, I can remember sitting and watching the kids in the talent show, literally asking myself, how are they doing this? How do they have the bravery or the guts to stand before people and sing or dance or whatever? I view people who can get in front of a crowd and do artistic things as like just the most amazing people ever. I just, I don't know what it was. It was just like, wow, how can you do something? And it's weird because I did some things. Like I was in choir. I was a drummer from fourth to eighth grade. I was in a band. But I guess because most of the things I was doing, I was in a group. I looked at a person that could kind of stand on that stage as just something that was crazy. So basketball in my mind was like the only thing I viewed myself of being able to do. And I was pretty successful in it when I was younger. This is important because up into high school, I hadn't experienced what it felt like to fail at basketball. And it got to the point where because I was used to making teams, I was used to being liked by the coaches. I was used to being someone who was appreciated that it was like I expected it. And so it gave me unrealistic expectations going into high school where the coaches had other kids in mind, kids that had played AAU with programs that was connected and collaborated with our high school and things like that. And I wasn't in one of those programs. So I was an outsider. And I can remember in 11th grade for the first time in my life, I got cut from a basketball team. Man, when I tell you walking out of that gym was crazy. And so here's what happened. I get cut in 11th grade. And I remember just being so heated. I remembered the whole process that the coach did. One day I was with the A team. Then the next day I was with the B team. And the next day I wasn't on the team anymore. And so you go to 12th grade and here's what happened in 12th grade. It's crazy, man. I have been telling people really my whole life up until recently, not my whole life, but since high school, that I got cut from the team in 11th grade, cut in 12th grade. And one day randomly last year, I started remembering the story and really thinking through it. And I realized I had been lying because I didn't get cut in 12th grade. Here's what happened in 12th grade. The coach started doing the same thing to me in 12th grade that he did in 11th grade. I was on the A team. Then he moved me to the B team. And what I did when he moved me to that B team, because I was looking at what happened the year before, right? I'm like, the year before, he did the same pattern. So I anticipated that my next move was to be cut. And here's what I did. Before you can cut me, I'm going to quit. I remember he moved me to the B team. I literally remember the day. For whatever reason, the gym was packed. Everybody was in the gym. And I remember I got up and I got my stuff. And he like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm out. And you know what's weird? I walked out. I was a little embarrassed because I thought it meant I was going to be cut. So I left. And that's why in my mind, I was telling the story as I've gotten, I got cut from the team because I had already decided that I failed before it happened. And you know what I realized? It was because I wasn't mature enough to be able to handle the failure again. Now, how many times in our lives do we give up on something 
because we have unrealistic expectations that life is always going to be perfect. And because we can't deal with the reality of life, that we are going to have flaws. There are going to be good days, bad days. We're going to make some shots, but we may get down by 15 at some point in the game and have to come back. But because we can't handle all that, because everybody these days gets a participation trophy and everybody's telling us how great we're going to be. You're going to do it. Oh, yeah. You got it, buddy. I see God doing this for you, and I see God doing that for you. Ah. And okay, cool. But can you tell me the reality of the process? That's why I focus so much time on this show about the process and the reality is because I believe that that's a huge part of becoming successful is understanding the process and the journey to success not this overnight fantasy. And so for me, because I couldn't handle that, I actually gave up before I fell. I gave up because I had unrealistic expectations. I was walking around expecting every day to be a sunny day. And then it rained a little bit and I lost my mouth. Oh my God, I can't do this. I don't have an umbrella. What's an umbrella? I don't even know what the rain is. You feel what I'm saying? Man, we walk around this life prepared for things without even thinking about it. It got a little cold in Michigan this winter, or we still in fall, actually. And you pull out your coat, right? I'm prepared. I got several coats in the closet. I got gloves and things like that because I know that in reality, every day isn't going to be a sunny day. Listen. I love 75 degree weather, I really do. But I don't live on an island. So I have to deal with my reality. And the problem that I had when I was younger was that I was afraid. And it makes me think about a conversation I had with my dad when I was in high school. And I remember we were talking about basketball actually. And he said something to me that really messed me up at the time. He actually told me that I wasn't afraid of failure, but that I was afraid of success. Like, what? What, bruh? Afraid of success? And it's something that to this day, I mean, I did a whole project with my brother Darius. We did a project. I titled that project Afraid to Be Great. And it's built on this concept of what my dad said to me. It's like, was I afraid to fail, right, and not make the basketball team? Or was I afraid of actually dealing with the possibility that I would make the team, that I would overcome what I failed at the year before? You get what I'm saying? Sometimes when we fail one time, we end up giving up the next time because we can't even deal with the possibility of becoming successful. Like it's too much for us. For a lot of people, it's much easier and much more comfortable to keep doing what you've always done. And if all you've ever done is fail, then the easiest thing for you to do is fail. If all you've ever been is broke, if all you've ever been is depressed, if all you've ever been is sad, whatever it is, I mean, I guess sad and depressed is like the same thing, but come on, man. 
I know that was a good point to think of another word, but it just didn't. Sometimes it just, I failed y'all. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, don't be afraid to be great. Don't allow your past failures to hinder you from your future success. You feel what I'm saying? And um, look, if you don't make the team one year, try again another year. But don't walk out of the gym a day early because that one day can be the difference. But you know the beautiful thing about it is that I did fail. And that failure made me better. Why? It's not really about whether you succeed or fail sometimes, but it's about what it does to you. Did that failure ignite enough of a fire in you to say, I'm not going to make that mistake again? I'm not going to give up early again. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I might try out again and not make the team, but by all means, I'm not going to bow out not one second early. I'm going to give it everything I got. Speaking of giving it everything I got, now's a perfect time to talk about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Off The Record. That's right. Off The Record is a half-hour show that I produce and host every week on jwillmusic.com. Now, you can also get the show on iTunes, Google Play, or at inspiregodspeople.podbean.com. However you get the show, just get the show. Off the Record is a lot like this show with a slightly different tempo. The good thing is, a lot of times, I'm taking your feedback from this show into consideration. I've seen your comments, what you've said on social media. Some people have also sent in questions. And those are some of the things that we like to get into on Off The Record. One of the new things that I'm looking to bring to Off The Record is interviews, right? I have people out there that have reached out to me and also people that I've reached out to that I wanna interview and tell their inspiring story to inspire you, God's people. That'll be on Off The Record. So make sure you check that out on jwillmusic.com. Also email us any thoughts, questions, concerns. Jermaine Wilson Music at gmail.com. Off the record. There's a time and place for all of my dreams. I dream all the time. Yeah. Shout out to Chantel Hampton, who's the guest artist, the featured artist on Dream Traveler. If you don't have that song, you need to go pick up God Knows My Art by J. Will Music. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. And by that, I mean back to me talking again. Talking again. Talking to you. All right, people. It is time for my favorite segment of the show. You know what What? it is. Okay, so what in the world is up with me dropping things? I have to admit, this show is about failure today. And so I have to admit that I'm a little on the clumsy side. You get what I'm saying? Like, I drop stuff a lot, y'all. But here's what happens. I'm clumsy, but I also have oddly great reflexes. So 99.9% of the time, I end up making myself look real dope. So it's like, I'll drop something, but by the time you look, 
You just see me catching something that I'm not supposed to catch. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I set myself up. I don't know. It's like I have a weakness that's also a strength. And most of the time it means nothing. Oh, but that ain't. No, no, no. We talking about failure. I had an epic failure about three weeks ago or so now. Like I, it took three weeks for me to get over it. To one, I don't think I've even shared this with anyone. I might have told Tiff. I'm not sure. So I'm going to lunch at this Italian spot that I like. I really like this Italian place. I go there for the chicken and broccoli pasta at times for lunch. It's a really nice place, really good. And I'm going there, you know, for lunch, getting my usual. I like to go and wash my hands. You know what I'm saying? Before I get my food. So sometimes I can kind of eat it in the car, you know, as I'm at the light or something like that. Um, say no to eating and driving. I don't know that that's a thing, but I don't want to get in trouble with anyone by promoting eating and driving. But please do not do that. OK, I shouldn't have shared that, but I did. So I'm just going to tell you, don't do what I do. I don't do this all the time anyway. I just like my hands to be clean just in case. You know what I'm saying? So I go in this restroom. And I'm washing my hands. This sounds pretty simple, right? Wash your hands. You use soap, water. You go and grab a little paper towel unless they got the air blower thing. By the way, that's the cheapest thing. Ain't that like the cheapest thing people can do sometimes is have a little air dryer and don't have a paper towel in the bathroom. Now you got to sit there and wait 30 seconds for your hands to go dry. It's like, bro, I would be better off letting somebody blow their hot breath on my hands than sit here under this hair dryer that y'all got in the bathroom. But nevertheless, I use paper towel. I dry my hand off, and when I was drying my hand, it was like I kind of pulled the paper towel, and when I threw it in the trash, I heard my wedding ring fling, and now it's in the trash. So as you can imagine, I'm sitting here like, all right, all right, I gotta go in there. You know what I'm saying? Now this is a public, restroom garbage can i know y'all feeling that i wasn't trying to go up in there so me being the brave person that i am i start digging through this trash can i was using paper towel to pull other paper towel out so it was like i kind of had new paper towel and picking up old paper towel to pull it out the trash can and you know what i'm saying i'm looking for my ring ring being a light a small heavy object is probably going to be super low in this thing. Of course, while I'm doing this, this <laughs> young fellow, uh, by young, he's probably in his 20s. He, um, you know, walks in and he's looking at me and, and come on, y'all. I'm at this nice Italian restaurant, but I'm I'm now digging in the trash. OK, and I don't. OK, this doesn't look good. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. Like, this doesn't look good. It's not a good representation of my people. Like, I'm not doing us, you know, a, a really good favor by being at this nice place digging in the trash. And so this young man looks at me and he's like, um, can I help you with something? Oh, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. He's, yeah, I work here. Can I help you with something? So first of all, I got a, I got a couple of questions. Like, I know that I'm wrong in this what in the world. Like, I'm the one who failed. But is his whole position kind of weird to you? Like, how can you help me? Like, first of all, why are you offended that I'm digging in y'all trash can? Like, that's the first thing that throws me off. It's like, he was all dignified. Like, oh, can I help you with something? 
I work here. It's like, bro, you don't work in the bathroom, do you, bro? You don't work at the, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I think maybe he was the person that takes out the trash and he felt like I was just in there creating more work for him by throwing his paper towel on the floor. So anyway, that was pretty embarrassing. That, that was an epic fail, but I did find my ring and I did pick all of the nasty, dirty, trifling uh, paper towel up off the floor and put it back in there. And I walked out of there and hurried up and got my food and got out of Dodge. And I did wash my hands, okay? I'm not like the nasty doctor from a previous show that I told y'all about that went in the restroom and didn't wash his hands. I washed my hands again and I went and got my food and got out of there and hoped that that guy never remembered me when he sees me again next week because I go there all the time. What in the world is wrong with me being clumsy and this one time my reflexes didn't kick in? It's like, man, you know how embarrassing it is to sit in the bathroom. and Listen, it's embarrassing to have to explain yourself. Explaining yourself is the most hilarious thing in the world to me. So, like, I find humor in very random small things. Explaining yourself is one of those things. Because think about it. Anytime you have to explain yourself, something probably stupid just happened. It's like, oh, yeah, um... Okay, you work here. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Y'all didn't speak to me when I walked in the front door, but you speaking to me in the restaurant. All right, cool. No problem. All right. Well, um, yeah, so what had happened was I was washing. It's like, you just feel dumb, but it's all good. I forgive myself. Listen, we all make mistakes. Here's the thing about it. Sometimes when you make a mistake, you just got to own it. It's like, you got to own it and you got to get your hands dirty and you got to be the one to dig in that trash can and recover or retrieve whatever you lost, whatever you threw away, get it back and then get over it. You get what I'm saying? But listen, don't be in there trying to act like you ain't dropped this ring. Cause for the first three seconds, I was trying to play it smooth. Like, and then I asked myself, bruh, how, like what is playing it smooth gonna do in this situation? Like you just gonna hang out at the trash can. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just cooling. Just, you know, I'm just doing my thing. What up, bro? All right now. Yeah, I get at you now. It ain't gonna work in that situation. Some situations in life, playing it cool ain't gonna work. The faster you just kind of suck it up, admit that you, you know, made this mistake, admit that you had a failure because you're human, and then do what you gotta do to get beyond it. And then you go from there. Now I got my ring. I'm good to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm human. I drop things. Most of the time I catch them, but I didn't catch it this time. So what in the world is wrong with me? And what in the world, world what, 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 what? I got a tongue twister. What in the world is wrong with the employee that had to tell me he worked there, asked me how can he help me while I'm pulling out trash? I don't know how to take that. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. I can let it go. 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 All right, so we've been talking a lot about failure. And I want you to understand, I'm not talking about failure to encourage you to fail. That's not my purpose here today. I would never do nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to be aware that this is a reality that we all deal with. And I also wanna show you why it's so important to overcome failure because man, if you can't, like if you are so messed up and distraught by the fact that your life isn't perfect, as a Christian, there's a couple of things wrong in there, you get what I'm saying? One of the things I could say is like, for me, when I used to struggle with failure, I would ask myself, well, what are you saying 
about what Christ did for us, for our sins. So in this life, just like I would never coach a basketball team and tell them, hey, go out there and miss every shot you can. Nope. I'm going to tell them, go out there and try to make every single shot. But the reality of it is I've watched enough basketball games to know that to expect both teams to play a game where a shot is never missed is unrealistic. And if I have the expectation to my players, if I'm a coach, that you can't miss one shot, man, I might destroy some people's confidence, destroy their potential, and destroy their future overall. So I want to be clear about that. Definitely not encouraging you to fail. Definitely not telling you, hey, go out there and mess up. You know what I'm saying? It's like a reverse, like it's like a reverse coach, like a negative coach. Hey man, I want you to go out there and give it nothing that you got, buddy. I want you to win the loser championship. I would never do something like that. So, so anyway, anyway, so anyway, so let's anyway, get so into we're, another story. So anyway, so anyway, I think y'all gonna like this one. There's this company, Victoria's Secret. And one of the things I like to do with companies that I know about is I like to start learning their history. Like, how did this company come about? What's the success story? Or in this case, what's the failure story? All right, so in 1977, 30-year-old gentleman by the name of Roy Raymond started Victoria's Secret. He started this company because he was going shopping, lingerie shopping for his wife, and my man was uncomfortable in the store. I think a lot of dudes can relate to that. He was super uncomfortable in the store, and he's like, man, like, this is so weird. So he had this idea to launch a lingerie company where men could come and shop for their wives. And look, they were doing pretty decent in Cali. They were up to five stores, and they kind of hit, you know what I'm saying, kind of hit a wall. It was four or five stores. Don't quote me on that. It was four or five stores in 82, I believe it was. But they kind of hit a wall where they they couldn't, you know, they couldn't grow anymore. And what ended up happening was Roy was getting frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Because when you start a business or something, there's that initial, like, we all got that. When you got that initial idea, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to kill it. Oh, inspire guys, people, man. It's going to be a radio show. We're going to do this. I'm going to have off the record. It's going to be crazy. crazy. And then I'm going to come out and five people crazy. listen to it. It's like, you know what? You know what? Ain't nobody inspired. I ain't inspired. It's like we discourage guys, people. Whole new show. The point I'm making is we're talking about this reality, right? To be able to understand that things, life comes with ups and downs. It's not like you're just going to start a business and just do everything right. You're going to have slow years, slow moments. You know what I mean? Like there may be a week where y'all don't like this show. You know what I'm saying? God forbid. You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you like this show? Come on, man. What's wrong with you? But no, reality is you're going to like some shows more than others. Some of y'all probably heard a few shows. Now, you know, well, I like the other one. He was talking about, you know, duh, 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 duh. well, keep listening to this one, too. Let me fail forward, please. And keep supporting while I'm failing. Anyway, so there's another gentleman by the name of Les Wexner, Les Wexner, who ends up, you know, him and Roy were kind of talking and Les has some ideas about how to take. Roy's business to the next level. Okay, cool. So Roy's like, bet, man, I just want to get all the way out of it. Because that's what failure and, and frustration can do to you sometimes. 
It makes you want to abandon your gift, abandon whatever you have. You know what I mean? Your purpose, whatever it is. And so for a million dollars, think about this. For one million dollars, Les Wexner purchases Victoria's Secret in 1982. Here's where it gets a little sticky. Now, Les Wexner is also the guy who founded and created The Limited. So if you know that store, this is the visionary behind that. He came in and he's like, yo, I, know, I see the problem. The problem is Victoria's Secret caters too much to men. So he like so. So the beauty of Roy's idea was that he wanted a, a store in a place where men would feel comfortable shopping for their women buying lingerie. But what he overlooked was that lingerie, by and large, is still a female demographic shopping for themselves for the most part. And he had alienated that consumer who's technically the target consumer. So he had this great idea, but it backfired on him. Les came in and was like, yo, this store needs to be more comfortable for women. And now you see and know the Victoria's Secret brand. What happened in the 90s, though, was, was very tragic. So by 1993, now you got to understand, first of all, I'm going to backtrack really quick. Roy started this company with $80,000. He had borrowed $40,000 from the bank and he borrowed $40,000 from his in-laws. So you got, you know, a lot of debt that you're taking on, which also adds to frustration, pressure, right? Depression, those type of things. So when the company wasn't doing well, he was feeling all this weight on him. Well, he sold it. Man, you get a million dollars. That sounds like a lot at the time. Well, Les Wexner takes this company. By 95, it was worth, you know, $1.9 billion, I believe. So almost a $2 billion company in 95. So Les had really turned this thing around. Well, in the meantime, Roy had tried to start other businesses. He even had this, it was some type of toy company or something called My Child's Destiny. In 1993, unfortunately, Roy Raymond jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge and killed himself. You can only imagine, right? You start something and then you fail. But what's really rough is that you fail and you, you jumped out early, but you have to sit back and watch someone else succeed at what you lost out on. And that's a very tough thing I can imagine to do to watch someone turn what you had into something that's worth billions. And he couldn't handle that failure, so he took his own life. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you today, there's a couple of things I want you to take away from it. Number one, don't jump off of a bridge. In this life, yes, you'll have failures. Yes, things will get tough. You may have to sit back and deal with some things and watch some things. Watch someone pick up something that you dropped and go further with it. And as hard as that may be, I want you to know that nothing is worth giving up your life. No business, no money, no worldly success is worth you giving up your life for because what really matters is salvation. Christ died for you. And waking up every day and living and having the opportunity to breathe the breath of life you know, that the Lord gives us, that right there is enough to live for. I think so many times there's all this pressure for people to be successful that they can't deal with their reality. And sometimes 
we don't think about the people who failed. So I would imagine that, you know, I don't know who, who was calling Roy. You know what I mean? Is there a Roy in your life? Is there somebody that you know that dealt with the failure and, and you need to call them and check on them and tell them about the love of Christ, right? And, and minister to them and try to help them get out of that funk because man, oh man, it's not worth it. But a couple other things I want you to take away. A good idea is nothing without execution. So Roy Raymond had this great idea to make men comfortable in a lingerie store, but he didn't properly execute it. Another thing, don't give up on yourself just because it takes four or five years, bruh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes things are a slow build. You have to be strategic. You have to be committed to the pro. What do we always talk about on this show? Being committed to the process. You got to give it your all, man. You got to be in it. I can't be thinking that this show is just about to just, oh, the Inspire God's People is going to be the number one show in America in two months. Come on, man. That's just not realistic. And the issue with a lot of us is that we're playing the life lottery. Like we're treating our real life like a scratch-off ticket. Like, uh-oh, hope I get lucky. What's this one? Did I make it? Nope. Okay, throw that one away. Listen, people, $1 million seems like a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for a billion-dollar idea. Don't sell yourself short. And remember this. There is always a Les Wexner type out there who is looking to take what you have and push it further than you can push it. The reason I'm so committed to what I'm doing is because I'm like, man, you know what? I would rather try and fail than to give up and not allow myself to see through the purpose that God has put in me. As long as it lines up with his will, right? I'm not telling you to go after anything selfishly that doesn't line up with the will of God, but the things that God has put in you naturally, the gifts that God has given you, look, I'm not afraid anymore to be great. I'm not even afraid to fail. I'm afraid of not trying. That's the thing that scares me more than anything. When I had the idea for this show, it was like, you know what? I talked to Tiff and she supported me. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm just, I just have to try it. Like, I just have to start recording and see what happens. And I understand that it's not going to be perfect. I understand that none of us are going to just live a life where we never make a mistake. But you can't let that stop you from trying. Don't let failure cripple you. Overcome that, man. Look, what it really comes down to is this. A lot of times what looks like failure is actually the very thing that causes you to be successful. So failure is like a piece of the puzzle to success. If I'm looking in the word, I can think about something like the story of Jonah. And so many times we look at, yo, he was followed, swallowed by the great fish and like as if the fish was sent to kill him. But in reality, when you read the story, God sent the great fish to save his life. And so it was like on this road, Jonah was running. He was failing, ended up being swallowed by a fish. But that was the very thing that saved him and spit him up on dry land at the command of the Lord. 
But if you look at Jonah, I think it's chapter two, verse one, I believe. It literally says, get this. He prayed from the belly of the fish. Listen, when he was down and out, he had failed. He had failed at that point. What he was supposed to be doing, he was running from his purpose. He was failing. But in the midst of that failure, it drove him to pray. And what looked like it was supposed to come and kill him was actually the very thing that saved his life. Listen, there are going to be times in your life when you're feeling like, man, how did I not get that promotion? How did I, you know, mess up that opportunity? And there are going to be times where you need to pray while you're down and out. Like that's when you actually need to be turning to the Lord. That's not the time to turn away and walk out of the gym and give up. That's the time to look at the Lord and say, Lord, okay, what, what do you want out of this? You know what I'm saying? And I didn't always do that. Please believe me. I can go through probably a hundred situations where I wasn't yet mature enough to understand that this is to save your life. And let me tell, how can I tell this story? Oh, let me tell it this way. Um, not me, right? But this guy, right? Let's just say it like that. This guy, he about five years ago was going for a job promotion. Um, the guy was working in corporate America and, you know, really at a point where the current role that he was in was, you know, he was outgrowing it and wanted something new at the time. It was him and another young lady who was also worthy of the job. And they were going against each other. And this young man went in that interview and he killed it. Like he knows he killed the interview. Like it went well. The young man being, you know, who he is, he actually told the young lady, hey, since we're going up against each other and we're, you know, good work friends, we, you know, we cool co-workers, let's go out to lunch afterwards. So let's find a place over here, go out to lunch afterwards, kind of debrief. And what he wanted to do was make sure that it wasn't going to cause any awkwardness between them two because they were going for this job. Long story short, he didn't get the job. The girl gets the job. It looked like failure. You get what I'm saying? But the young man kept his head up high. He didn't allow himself to stay down and out. And the reason that he didn't get the job, you got to follow this, is because they didn't like one of the answers he gave in the interview. They asked him what he wanted to do next after this job if he was to get it. He said, I don't know. My next job may not even be created yet. They didn't like that because a lot of times in corporate America, they like you to know what you're going to do next. Well, guess what? He didn't get that job. He failed. Six months later, the same three people who denied him that job called him and said, we created a job for you. Oh, my God. If you t if you don't believe in God, man, I don't know what to tell you. It was because of the call and the purpose of God that I'm going to allow you to go through this process. I want you to keep your integrity and your character, not lose it just because you didn't get this offer that you thought you wanted. And when you look five, six years later, he's further in his career now because that job that they created for him set him up for new jobs in the future.
for new opportunities and allow him to display his talents and his skills on a high level. What am I saying to you? What looked like failure was actually one of the major keys to his success. So imagine if he would have lost his cool or given up. You know what I mean? Then it's kind of like these steps where if you don't climb one step, you can't get to the next one. And so if he had lost it and turned around, just like me, when I walked out of the gym, there's a domino effect that comes with that. Now, because I truly believe all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I really believe that. I really believe that when when you give your life to Christ, right, that he can recalculate you, right? He can he can take where you are and 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 make it work for good. And so I walked out of the gym, but you know, coming back and and surrendering things to Christ, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you walked out of the gym, so that didn't work. You're not going to be able to go back and make that team. But I put so many more things, so many more gifts in you that you didn't even know you had until you failed at basketball. And so then there are also times that I wonder if failing at basketball was really me being swallowed by the great fish so that I can pray while I was in that moment and, and, and search and find like, what am I good at? What can I do? Because basketball was all I knew at one point. I never knew the, the other gifts until, until I failed. And so what am I saying? Again, don't give up. Don't jump off of the bridge. See this thing through. I'm not selling you some fluffy fake story that everything is going to work out and be okay. Look, you might fail. The business might fail. The idea might fail. But what I'm telling you to do is line it up with the will of God, the word of God. And if it's his will for you to walk through it, man, walk that thing out and be grateful that you had an opportunity to try. I'm so grateful for every single person who listens to this show and gets something out of it because I'm not selling you nothing that I'm not buying. Like I'm so serious about the content that we're talking about and covering in this show and I'm applying it to my life or I have applied it to my life. And just being real, the reason I know so much is because I've messed up so much. Like I've tried so many things and failed at so many things that I just keep learning stuff. And so I'm grateful every time I step into something new because the hope, the freshness, just the love, like all of it is just beautiful to me. And if this show never goes past you, you right here, whoever is listening, here's the whole thing. I'm actually excited that you got it. It doesn't have to go past you. Don't get me wrong. Do I want to grow? Yes, I want to grow. I have goals and visions and ideas and things, but I have learned not to let my goals and my visions blur my present and distract me from understanding the beauty of the opportunity that I'm living in. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like we're always trying to do what's next. Like, oh, the next thing, check the next thing off. Well, it's like, what about right now? 
What about what we're doing right now? This is a blessing. I don't want to fast forward through life. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm not so obsessed with my goals and things that I want to do that I'm trying to fast forward to get there because, oh, every day that you live, you one day older and one day closer, if you feel what I'm saying. But look, I've had a great time today. Hopefully you had a great time as well. And you're going to tell someone about this show, aren't you? You're also going to hit us up on Instagram at Inspire God's People. Also, my personal Instagram page is at Mr. Underscore Bellwether. You get what I'm saying? Hopefully you can figure that out. And shoot us an email, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. We want your feedback. We want to know what you think about this show. Is it great? Is it horrible? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Listen, if you hate this show, please don't tell me you hate this show. I don't want to feel like a failure today. You get what I'm saying? But anyway, thank you for listening. We're going to have Lavelle drop in here and, you know, give us a prayer for the day. You know, since he didn't jump in with the people want to know today. What's up with that, man? But anyway, pray us out. Let's be mindful of everything we talked about on today's show and just seeking the Lord for guidance in those areas of failure and not giving up and trusting him, man. So, yeah. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we give you glory, honor, and praise for everything that you've done for us, God. And we pray, God, that we would remember the things you've done for us. Lord God, that we would would always recall that you brought us out before, and we know that you can bring us out again. We pray, God, that you strengthen our faith, that you strengthen our trust in you, Even as the disciples prayed, Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. We pray, God, right now for that person who feels like they're at the end of their road, God. That they don't understand everything that's going on in their lives. That they don't understand the the calamity or the pain, the things that are coming against them. Lord, we pray that we would yet trust Help us to trust you more. Build our faith up on you, oh God, that we would know, God, that you're able to do it. And trust your will for our lives, God, knowing that you have our best intentions in mind. Strengthen our faith as we go forward to do what you have called us to do, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today's J. Will Music Song of the Day is entitled Get Some from my EP, Not Your Average. Available right now on iTunes. Just search J. Will Music. Yeah.
Jersey, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? I woke up feeling brand new. I woke up feeling brand new, wondering what we could do. Just to be productive, you won't catch me catching Pikachu. Too busy, too witty, won't see a crew with me. But I keep it a hundred like two fifties. That's kinda hard these days, cause everything you say, they feeling some kind of way. I'm like, what's the way to heaven? They like some kind of way. I'm like, day Monday, this is some kind of day. So to work, I go, go, go. New place, new mercy, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? I woke up feeling brand new. New grace, new mercy, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? I woke up feeling brand new. New grace, new mercy, man, I need some Not your average artist and I never wanna be one The difference is simple, you listen and you get it You should feel this in your spirit If you don't, then you need healing, man New day, new journey, man, I'm on one God is lighting up my path, he's a lamp to my feet Got me walking up the street like a scene from Billy Jean man. New job, new money, so grateful It's not a lot, but enough for me and where I came from I started from the bottom, now I'm somewhere in the middle Trying to make sure that I don't fall down But even if I did, I'd get right back up You ain't being real if you say life ain't tough I roll with the punches, ate the free lunches Hand me down clothes, now I buy my own stuff, stuff. New mercy, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? Woke up feeling brand new. Uh, new grace, new mercy, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? I woke up feeling brand new. New grace, new mercy, can I get some? New day, new journey, can I get some? New job, new money, can I get some? Weighing on your conscience, even though it's only $20 in your pockets. You've been focused, working hard, and staying away from nonsense. Investing in yourself, but still you haven't seen the profit. Now faith is the evidence of things that you haven't seen. So either you can't see yourself being that great, or you just building up a little more faith. Time will tell, cause ain't nothing you can tell time. I had to ask time what time it is. Ask time what time it is. Time had me in the rough. I was just trying to get to where the diamond is. Get to where the diamond is. If we say patience is a virtue, why do we try to rush God's promises? Rush God's promises. I think it's safe to say we want it like yesterday, and we want it brand new. Brand new. Jwillmusic.com.